Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You're listening to Chicago's number one sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. A Radio.com sports station. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. The Score! This is a tough group. Great defensively. And the mustache, football mustache, 11 on each side. Yeah, the crustache. <laughs> and he pays homage to a large turnout of the Rambler faithful. What a matchup they have coming up next with Illinois. Bankers Life Fieldhouse. That is your schedule tomorrow. We have some NCAA stuff. And we know Sunday's Illini Loyola game, Yo 11 a.m. on CBS Channel 2. Gets the A team that you just heard. And um, by the way, um, there's some interesting things for the NCAA that we're just going to talk about now, but it is a cesspool. It is down there with FIFA and the IOC. It's despicable. And all you need to see is how, how they treat the difference between men and women. This whole thing should be blown up. It's, it's a fraud. It's run by schools that are full of crap. The woman's weight room was an issue. Read our friend Nancy Armour. She's been on the show. She's a fellow Trash Panda supporter. She writes for <laughs> USA Today. And she was writing about how just sick and stupid and completely unaware the NCAA is by giving the men all this weight room and then they give woman, women their workout room is like a mat and a little pyramid of weights. And now they've given them a full weight room with, with soft mood lighting. As Nancy tweeted out, this ain't a Manny Petty salon. It's a weight room. <laughs> the NCAA is just sick. It needs to be blown up. Just go away because you're you're despicable. You're dirty. You are not. You're a fraud. You're not about amateur sports. You're about making all the money you can off unpaid labor. Okay. Anyways, Mark, tomorrow, Illinois, Loyola. Illinois would normally be an underdog because they are like have struggled to have success in basketball, and Loyola's the underdog. So 
You like this? You don't like this? You like from a viewer standpoint? You're all in favor of it? That's why the oh, NCAA I am. did this? I, yeah. I'm in favor of it. Like, I I do think, I was just talking to Julio off the air about this. I, I do think that Illinois will ultimately win that game by double digits. I think it'll be close mm. in the first half. But Illinois, watching Illinois, and I, I've... I, I kind of got on the bandwagon late in the season, but it, I guess that was the right time because they've been so good. They always feel like they're on the verge of blowing teams out, even when it's close. It always feels like Illinois, we saw more of it yesterday, where they are able to, and obviously that's Drexel and that's a 16 seed, they are so good at imposing their will on other mm-hmm. teams and running the style they want they control games, and that's why it always feels like they are on the verge of blowing teams out. And unfortunately for Loyola, it doesn't give me great pleasure to say. I just think that Illinois will eventually run away in that game. I think it'll, like I said, I think it'll be close by the first half and then double digits when once it's all over. They look befuddled. Loyola looked befuddled by the four-guard lineup that uh, Georgia Tech went with because they're without their best player. And, and they got caught, and then they rebounded, and then they slowly got, to, got back to being the better team, and they learned. I think that it was, if you're watching that at first, you go, oh, my God, they're just caught off guard. What are they going to do? And then you saw they could adjust, in-game adjustments. That's huge. That's, that shows growth. That shows uh, maturity. So I think there's that hope. But, boy, Kofi and Ayo and Curbelo, Oh. Uh, it's just I, I that's such that's that's more than the Bulls have. I mean the yeah. Bulls don't have those those three. So that's really I love I love their style too. Like Illinois like especially Io. Io, if you noticed, it seems like a, a lot lately, and it's good. This is a good thing. He's really playing that superstar role where he wants everybody involved. The you know, if 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 Kofi is just gonna dominate down low, they'll just go there all day long. But when it comes down to crunch time towards the end of games, and you certainly don't want Kofi to the free throw line a lot, it's like, okay, it's I.O. time. Or to a lesser degree, Curbelo and his ability to create and and penetrate. It's just, it's a it's a perfect game plan. And I.O. is, and I.O. is going to make a good NBA player too because he's patient. He doesn't, while he needs the ball, he, he's not like really, really needy of it. You know what I mean? Like he waits his turn he knows exactly when to score without forcing it and just being one of those volume guys. So are you? how are your circadian rhythms with this Friday-Monday thing instead of the usual Thursday-Sunday? I'm thrown off by it, even though in a year where everything has been thrown off, I'm thrown off by this. That here we yeah. are, on, we're on Saturday, but it's still the first round. No, stop that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a little I, off. And then there's going to be like weekday weekday rounds. I, I just, I'm... I'm, I'm how are you doing with this? Well, I'm probably doing a little better than, than you, it sounds, because I'm so conditioned to everything being ridiculous in terms of the sports <laughs> schedule. You know what I mean? There like, you, everything yeah, has been so right. out of whack in every single... So I'm still also in the I'm just happy to have it mode. Like, I haven't lost my appreciation for the fact that sports has been pretty full force throughout a pandemic, yeah. you know? So, like, I, I guess I am not as thrown off as much. But I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the same 
not having, you know, waking up to essentially games on a Thursday and a Friday. Right. And I, I have no idea what's what, what like Julio had to tell me when the, the Illinois game, Illinois Loyola, what time it was. Cause I thought it was later in the afternoon. So I'm, I am out of whack, but I'm more There's, conditioned yeah. to accept it. They're starting with that 11 a.m. on CBS channel too. So anyways, it, it, this, this is how we've in a sense come full circle. We got, we saw the, the five twelve, the twelve five upset, used to be the shocker. It used to be the guaranteed. You always had to pick one or two or three or whatever you had to do. That's where the upsets were. And then the thirteen fours became the new twelve five, and the twelve five <laughs> became a cliche. And then now we're back to twelve five. So yesterday, Rick Barnes takes the fifth ranked Tennessee Volunteers against the Oregon State, the twelfth ranked, twelfth seeded Oregon State. Beavers and he loses. That gave him a dirty dozen. Thanks to Athlon Sports football analyst Brian Fisher, Rick Barnes has now been eliminated in the NCAA tournament by a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, and now 12th seed. Wow. <laughs> he's in a, he's in a, that means he's around. How do you get that many jobs? Yeah, I've been eliminated by every seed 1 through 12. He must have a really so, good resume, man. Like, how can we turn this into a positive? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Give me one sentence for this resume. How can we? Could, how could we bundle? Oh, been to the NCAA tournament seven times or whatever yeah. it is. And Twelve just, times to be eliminated by all those seeds. Yeah. By, yeah. By yeah. The it, way, takes, it takes a lot. Yeah. By the way, the um, a couple of years ago is University of Maryland, whatever that was. I can't UMBC, and I can't remember what it was. Um, Baltimore County, UMBC, when they had the, the great, they had the upset. I think they were a 16 to one upset, right? They're 16 over one, and they, and their social media became the star of the tournament for a week, and, and a lot of other schools have followed that. So now Oregon State's official account after the 12 seeded Beavers upset five seed Tennessee, what they tweeted out was a shot of the Monopoly title deed of Tennessee Avenue with the comment, new owners. Oh, <laughs> how good is that? Not bad. Not speaking bad. About, speaking of upsets, this is, this is the best, especially because Ohio State fans suck. Some of them. So Except for Mike Chen. Be nice yeah, to Mike Chen. 15 seed Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts stunned the number two Buckeyes, and everybody went with this line. Everybody had the original line. Oral Roberts has more wins over Ohio State than Jim Harbaugh. Oh, God. Everybody went with that. That was everywhere. I did not go with that, so I'm glad to hear it for the first time. Me me neither. So then there was, um, this is what's really another reason it becomes so despicable, the um, NCAA and these kind of things. So the, the, the Ohio State schmucks set upon Ohio State forward EJ Liddell. There were a couple angry fans. It's not all of them, obviously, but it's just some people who would act out like this, that they, after, because Liddell was the one sharing screenshots after they got upset. Uh, one fan threatened to find him and physically attacked him. Another fan wrote, you are such a bleeping disgrace. Don't ever show your face at Ohio State. We hate you. I hope you die. I really do. And 
Liddell chose to share that with comment, saying comments don't get to me, but I just want to know why. I've never done anything to anyone in my life to be approached like this. This is not me saying anything negative about Ohio State fans. I love you all dearly, and I felt nothing but appreciated since the first day I stepped on the campus. I just, to be that serious, to be that insane about it, and, and the guy, as E.J. Liddell says, I'm human, and it's just awful. It's just, you read that, and you go, again, I don't want nothing to do with yeah, it's funny. Like my my response to that is, yeah. as it always is, is I cannot, and I I hope that most of our listeners say this too. I cannot relate to that feeling that would put me in that spot as a fan to be that angry, and that caustic, and that personal. You know what I mean? Like I actually. So it makes me think. Like that's a person, and no, not joking around, not just trying to play radio here. That person has a real problem. You know what I mean? Like that—that that is it's a true. mental issue. You know what I'm saying? Like something that for which you need to see a doctor because that is just that is irrational, objectively irrational behavior. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I I can't. Sorry, can't take that that seriously. Uh, maybe I'll become numb to it. Thank God I'll become numb to it to understand that it's where where it is in, in priorities. I mean, you've gone through a year of a pandemic, and this is what you're doing. You're threatening a man's life yeah. over a basketball You can be a game. fan. You can be an idiot. You Which can yell and scream some good and numbers, hate. by the way. Yeah, I just... Yeah, you can do all that stuff, because we do a lot of that stuff. But when it, go, when it crosses over to that, I can't relate. So I don't have a lot to say other than I hope that that person gets help. Uh, and we're going to end on this note. This was a classic. It's now, it will go down in the NCAA Tournament Hall of Broadcasting fame. And it's from the Ohio State Oral Roberts game. Buckeye is taking a shot. I don't know who it is because it really doesn't matter. And the ball settled softly between the backboard and the rim. And it got stuck. And here's Ian Eagle on the call. Washington lets it fly. Oh, an overtime wedgie! <laughs> what are the odds? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> the shot and your call. <laughs> and I don't think Ohio State was expecting it because Oral Roberts takes over. Ian Eagle and Grant Hill wasn't expecting it. Overtime wedgie. I, I mean, just, that's you. That's you cannot script that. So thumbs up. <laughs> yes. I, some stuff you could script in sports and, and play by play, and it happens. But that ain't scripted. Thumbs no. up, Ian okay. Eagle. Overtime wedgie. Well, we're gonna get an overtime wedgie because we ran over on this segment, and we're late for Rick Camp. Rick's gonna be in here. He hosts the Bulls post game show right here on the Score. We'll talk some Bulls. We'll start talk some March fatness with one of the co-hosts, co-founders of the I'm Fat podcast. This is a, a, a national day on two food fronts, and we need to get Rick to weigh in on them. You should pardon the phrase. Did you see what I did there? Weigh in on That them? was, yeah. you are, this is why you have the yeah. tenure that you have at this radio yes. station. Steve, I just yeah. learn from you. That's what I do yeah. on it's Saturdays. Unf- I just learn. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh, this sucks. I'm I Steve miss you too, by the way. I was, you know, I, I was talking about Emma. I miss you too, and seeing your no, face. No, you're allowed and to eating. miss Emma. That's okay. I miss. No, I, you and I ate Brazilian meat together. Like it feels like it was so long ago, and I'd like to do that again with you at some point. We'll, we'll get the swords out. That's it. That's, we'll do that. <laughs> yep. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Levine dribbles to his right. Outside three-point arc, double on the ball. Levine tied up, leans in, and the jumper way short. Rebound, Barton, and this ball game is over. And the Bulls fall in overtime, 131 to 127. Sound of disgust. Chuck Swirsky, the Swirsk. Final call of the Bulls game heard last night on the score. That was followed by Humana, 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 and the Rick Camp postgame show. Welcome into the score. Steve Rosen, Lamarck Rody with you. We're broadcasting from the score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. And we are going to talk Bulls because that's what we just played. And. We have a sad, sad story of a pattern. Let's go to the score hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. And we welcome in Rick Camp, who, Rick, I was so glad the Bulls got off to a big lead yesterday. And they took a lead in the fourth quarter and it's 14 points. That Wow, they really need to show they rebounded from what happened against San Antonio. And, and look at this, they're do. Oh, so what did you make of what happened last night, Rick Camp? Well, it wasn't great, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank and, you uh... for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, they actually kind of obliged for this show. You know, if you're going to talk Bulls <laughs> yes, on this show, you might as well just give that kind of a, a performance. You know, it's not surprising just the fact of, and Billy Donovan mentioned it after the game, that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have won games where their team has struggled for long stretches. They know how to get them. I think he even used the term over the hump, and the Bulls still have to learn how to do that. I mean, also just the Nuggets are a much better team than the Spurs especially when the Spurs didn't have DeMar DeRozan. So the Bulls' fourth quarter struggles, and in the last month, their net rating in the fourth quarter, minus 26.9. For those keeping score at home, not good. It's last in the league by a wide margin. The next closest is the Orlando Magic, minus 20.6. And at least the Magic have like five or six rotation guys out. So the Bulls have been beyond abysmal for about a month in the fourth quarter. Good. God. Why? <laughs> Is it just because they're a young team and young teams don't know how to win and finish? Is, is it that simple okay. or is there anything else to this? Yeah, there, there's definitely more to it. Uh, it. I think a good amount of it is these players are young and they're learning. But the thing is, for some of them, I mean, why are you not learning from your mistakes? It's one thing if uh-huh. there's different mistakes happening. But when, like, how many times in a fourth quarter, and even though Kobe White's in his second year, do we need to see a jump pass where he, you know, he gets to the, oh, crap, I have nobody to throw it to, but I already jumped, so the ball ends up going out of bounds, and it ends up being a turnover one way or another. 
or sometimes the Bulls just kind of get stagnant and they just wa- they give the ball to Zach Levine and just watch him and the ball movement stops and the player movement stops. And when this Bulls offense has been really good, it's when there's off ball movement. It's when there are cutters. It's when you give the ball handler options and the Bulls sometimes just find themselves in a rut and they don't do that. And I think that's the part that's worst about it is they don't know how to stop the ball, the like the snowball from going downhill uh. once it starts. And that's the part that I think some of it is just innate to players. Some players just kind of have, like when you're trying to find the it factor, as much as that sucks for us because it, you can't really define it, is guys just know what to do, get an easy basket. And sometimes just getting to the free throw line can be that thing that can break that streak. The Bulls are a jump shooting team. They're 27th in free throw rate over the course of this entire season. The only teams below them are OKC, Orlando, and Memphis. So they don't get easy buckets, and they also are 25th in terms of allowing free throw rate, so they let the other team get to the line. So when the Bulls are having good defensive stretches, they let the other team still get some points, just easy buckets from the free throw line. So that's it. they lower their own floor offensively by being such a jump shooting team that doesn't get to the line and they raise the floor of the other team's offense. Are they are they also affected, Rick, by the fact that although Sadoransky is a better point guard than Kobe White was or is, that they still don't have like that classic point guard that could restore order when they need it most. Yeah, they definitely need that. And for people that are still on the Lonzo Ball train, I don't think Lonzo Ball is that either. Because Lonzo Ball is a fantastic ball mover in the half court and a good point guard when it comes to being on the break. But he's not a guy that's going to get to the rim for you. Uh, Stan Van Gundy said in the when you're on the break, he's a point guard. When you're in the half court, he's a spot-up wing. So for people that are thinking with the trade deadline only a few days away, well, maybe you get Lonzo Ball in here. I don't know that Lonzo Ball is that adult in the room. I I don't tend to think that he's that guy for what the Bulls need. I don't even think they necessarily need the most traditional of traditional point guards. They just need someone that can get you into a set and be another ball handler and playmaker because the Bulls need that. Like Sato is not a guy that's really going to get to the bucket very often, but he, he can get you into some sets sure. and he gives you a little bit of versatility defensively. Like there's so many things. And I know Darnell Mayberry said, well, maybe we should finally start looking at Billy Donovan. And I think one thing people should try and keep in mind about Billy Donovan, when he came in, there was nobody saying this is a top 10 coach in the league. Essentially it was saying, Hey, the bulls went from the worst coach in the NBA by a mile to an average coach. (laughs) So even though the bar was so low and the Bulls have cleared it by so much, that doesn't make Billy Donovan a great coach. I don't think he's a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, but he's fine. Like, that's that's what it is. The Bulls have an average coach now. Billy Donovan is not going to win you anything necessarily. He's not necessarily going to lose you anything. He's in the blob of most most NBA coaches where they do enough so that the players can be in a position to succeed. It's just finally about time that it's on the players now well that that brings up a a point i wanted to discuss we're talking basketball such as the bulls play it with rick camp 
He's the host of the Scorers postgame show. You'll hear him tomorrow night after they play the Pistons right here. They start at six on the score. So, Rick, the, the, the idea of when players show you who they are, believe them. Maybe when coaches show, show you who they are, believe them. Or maybe it's too early. That's what I want to ask you. When you see a team that consistently turns over the ball, one of the worst in the league, and does it and has not shown any improvement on any consistent basis, and when you see that same team show the same kind of lack of discipline in fouling three-point shooters, players, coaches, is this? are they showing you what they are, what they're capable of? They're not smart. They can't coach it into them. They can't coach it out of them. What do you make of this, or is it is it re, is it too early? I put it more on the players than anything else because if you think of this year as a science experiment, the players were the constant this year. Everything else was the variable, yeah. bringing in the coach, bringing in the new front office. So now it's kind of on the players. And one thing that I think just because of the nature of this regular season and how compact it is and how little prep time there is game in and game out. If I think if it was more of a regular season, teams would be game planning the bulls a little harder. And what the Spurs did was essentially say, we dare you to make a quick decision. And when there was press and when Zach, even Zach Levine, along with Kobe white, along with pretty much everybody else were forced into quicker decisions or decisions at a space on a space in the floor where they weren't as comfortable. That's when the turnovers happened. And one thing I've always said, and mind you, Zach Levine should get all the credit in the world for improving as much as he has. However, I don't think he has the best basketball instincts in the world. He has all the ability, but his basketball instincts are what truly keeps him from being an elite, elite, elite player in the NBA, along with, and that goes into a lot of the defensive acumen that he's, he lacks as well. So I put a lot of this more on the players. You've had multiple voices saying this to you. I mean, Wendell Carter's brought up how even some, someone like Arturis Karnaschovas is they're working with players. So you have multiple voices coming at you now, but you know, when you're in the moment, the same things are happening. And at this point, it's going to be on the players. So I think, you know, the next shoe to drop, whether it's this deadline or more likely this off season is player movement so that now this new front office can say, okay, let's bring in some of our type of guys and see if this can work better. Well, I, I am thinking too, as it all sort of intertwines with player movement and the fact that Otto Porter had himself a good game last night, 22 points, a couple of big shots in the fourth. He had that fancy step back. He looked good. Is, is Porter. What's the plan for Otto Porter? Probably move him. Yeah. I would think at the deadline, you think at the deadline. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think if they move him, it would be to probably pick up like a second round pick and he wouldn't be viewed as too much more than just the expiring salary that he is. It depends on what the Bulls want to do. If they want to say, hey, we're willing because this free agent class isn't near as good as it looked like it was going to be. Hey, we're willing to take on maybe an extra year of money at a number close to what Otto Porter's is. But in exchange, we get a first round pick. Cool. They might do that, or they might just say, hey, we'll get what we can for him and try and maintain flexibility, all that. So I think he's, 
I think he's going to be gone. I think actually this two and four stretch out of the all-star break is probably good for the Bulls because not being willing to move a guy like Thad Young, whose value is never going to be higher, not being willing to move a guy like Sato is kind of crazy to me. For what? To what end? If this team was improving in those end game scenarios, then I would say, okay, maybe there's something to the culture aspect of this, and that these guys are learning how to win. But that just hasn't happened, or it hasn't happened enough to where I think it's worth giving up whatever potential value you could get in terms of draft capital that could be used to you know, give a new front office and a new scouting department opportunities to bring in their own guys, or to be able to sweeten a package for a star that you would want to bring in. We're talking with Rick Camp here on the score, talking Bulls basketball, but now we want to change the subject to something more fun, more interesting, March Fatness. Now, more I know successful. you guys are running. Yes, you you <laughs> share with that, because I have a March Fatness, um, a, one, one single matchup, because this is, this is two national food days in one. But I want to make sure that everybody listening understands how March fatness works. So share with the class that, then I'll bring it back to what these national days are. Well, this is the fourth annual March fatness bracket, which is part of the I'm Fat podcast. It's where we determine one thing every year that joins the onion ring of honor, which is <laughs> currently occupied by pizza, bacon, and oh. Andy Reid. And there's been enough, and, and there has been enough of the pizza and bacon where there is still some with Andy Reid in the Onion Ring of Honor. Uh, so, so what happens is Jay Zawoski gets a region of the bracket. I get a region of the bracket. We have a celebrity who gets a region of the bracket. Who this year is former Simpsons writer Bill Oakley. Who? Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, if you go back and see that's the seasons excellent. where that he was a writer and a showrunner from, from it's like peak simpsons so and that and he does yeah and he does a bunch of food stuff yeah. on his instagram at that bill oakley where he does reviews he writes about food so it was a perfect matchup and then we always have kind of an oddball region and this year it's fast food menu items so we put it up on our twitter at i'm fat pod and we have votes we normally get you know we'll get a, at least a few hundred people that are voting on each matchup and we let the people decide. We pick what's in our regions. We give them the seeds, and then let the people decide what makes it into the Onion Ring of Honor. Hey, well, did did Bill did Bill Oakley write the the Simpsons episode where Homer is wearing a muumu, like a fat guy muumu, and he has to drive around and? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, see, we we use see we use that we use stuff from that episode though because okay. one of the newest things that we have on the podcast is we have the fat phone. So the drop that we use going into playing the voicemails yeah. is the um, the fingers you have used to dial are too fat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you would like to order <laughs> a dialing wand, mash the key bad now. So... <laughs> it's so good. That's so good. There's and, that... and now we're th we are through round one. So starting Monday, we will be in the round of 32 who will determine who's in the sweaty 16 okay so as we <laughs> as we cool. move along i love this whole thing um yeah. today is national corn dog day it is also national ravioli day Ooh. this sounds like a bracket challenge that's you good with corn dogs campy are you a corn dog guy or not <laughs> 
am I good with corn dogs? I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Corn I saw a picture. I saw a picture of you on Twitter today denying like chocolate or something, saying you well, didn't. It, like it, it was it the was nutter butter. butter. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. peanut butter. You don't yeah, like peanut butter. Well, see, that's a weird thing to not like. As oh, 100%. A yeah. yeah. No, so I, I think I, peanut know. butter sucks. It is, it smells awful. It wow. tastes worse. You can get peanut butter all the way out of here, launch it into the sun, and it'll be still be too close. All right. So one last one last uh, thing. Utah State's Marco Anthony. Does oh, he, our guy. Yes, and I, you need to, it's a wonderful story, so as long as you know who he is and what he did, please share with the class. Yeah, I don't know if like a reporter got a tip or something about this, but someone asked him, why did you decide the number 44? And he said, because he loves the four for four meal at Wendy's, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> you can't deny the logic. No. The logic is right there. I wish we had learned Yo. this sooner so he could have made it into the March Fatness bracket. He yeah. could have replaced, like, our guy last year. It was Big Al Delia from the Little League World Series. The, uh, yes. The uh, yeah. I Hit Dingers kid that who was, you know, fan favorite. Didn't go far in the tournament. Yeah. But I, I, I want to give one update to the tournament because this is an entrant that's been in there every year but has underperformed. And I think might be this might be the Virginia after like bounce back after losing the 16 to one in my region, the 11 seed gold bond got a big win over the rockets version of James Harden this year. Mm-hmm. And gold bond has underperformed in this tournament. And I think gold bond might be in for a run this year. I, we, we look forward to that. And I think it, Marco Anthony should be the name of a bracket next year in, in honor of what he had done. You missed, maybe we you can missed. we can hit him up and he can be the celebrity next year, maybe. That would be excellent. Yeah, and have it just, yeah, that would be great. And one last note, because this was passed along, and scan, police scanners are wonderful things. And the Omaha scanner, because this was just tweeted out, the male passed out while waiting for his taco pizza. Been there. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are maybe not a taco pizza. pizza maybe not a taco pizza specifically but taco related products absolutely especially in college because when you're in college what do you want more when it's two in the morning than mexican food that's right there nothing you go. that, that right. that's exactly what you want mm. so that, so steve do you, a, do you have a, do you have a flabby four do you have a flabby should... four prediction that should be a that should be a a uh, matchup. One of the entrants next year, two a.m. tacos. I think that should be a. That's <laughs> that would be good. By the way, one guy for future consideration that you should just kind of poke around on, maybe read up on, is one Dan Vogelback. Uh, one oh, Dan yeah. Vogelback, right? Like he's just getting bigger by the day. Like, yeah. And if his success continues, that's just something to consider. Yeah, there is no one that wants the universal DH more than him. <laughs> totally totally he wants it like a, he loves it like a fat kid love cake all right which is the number one seed in my region this year because oh, everything cake. is cake now you can't cake. prove to me that things are not cake when you can take a knife and slice into literally anything and find yeah, it's out cake. it's cake it's cake it's all cake you're right that was that was well played rick good luck with the i'm fat podcast and the march fatness bracket I think it'll be far better than what we've seen with the Bulls, but they have another chance to, to actually protect the lead come Sunday against the Pistons, and we'll listen to you afterwards. Thanks. Appreciate it. 
by Rick. Hey, Steve. Yeah. I don't know what – did you have something you had planned coming up? Because I, I, I have something I want to do that we didn't talk about on the show. Um, no, well – I'd like to talk about with you right now. And well, we this, can do that. We'll take a break. And, and if we take a break, can we come back? Will we have enough time to talk about whatever you want to talk about? Well, it's somebody I want to get on the radio here, and, and it'll only take like five minutes. Maybe You want me to just surprise you? Sure. That's We might as well just – yeah, this whole production. As long as we're doing the whole production meeting on the air – we might yeah. just, just do unexpected radio. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, then Julio, talk to me during the break. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. Uh, he's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosen. I'm Saturday Suckage. And it's, it's not like we haven't earned it. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosen, Will Mark Brody with you. Saturday suckage. And it's time for Mark's surprise. Bye, Mark. Well, so far I have failed in this surprise. The <laughs> I am, That sucks, Mark. Uh, that does suck. What I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get um, our college basketball expert, gambling expert, Eli Hershkovich to come on the radio. He might be a little tied up today. Yeah, he's small probably play, a little tied small up, play but on this money line, small play on second half, this and that, and the other thing. Oh yeah, yeah, he's probably. Well, I think he's bad at me, and I actually like feel bad for some. I don't know what it is. Like if it's like I'm a little tired today, like I just feel bad. Like yesterday, I filled in for Matt Spiegel, and I was on with Danny Parkins, and we decided to have a little fun with Eli, where we had him on for a college basketball segment but we didn't uh-huh. ask him one question about college basketball. And oh. and and we took him away from his games and his gambling, and I think he was a little dismayed as he walked out of the studio. I, I heard he said his quote was, what was that? And so and I haven't heard back from him. So I just, I'm a, I'm a, I fear he's angry with me, and I wanted to clear this up with Eli because I love Eli. And... Uh, I don't want to lose them. I don't want to lose them all. Okay, well, yeah. we so that's what's trying. Up. You could text yep. him and say, we have a little over an hour in which he can apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologize, as Sammy would say. So he could apo- you could apologize. You could bring him on. We could all talk it out. Talk it out. Hug it out, bitches. And we Hopefully. I hope. I hope. Like, I haven't of heard. Like, I'm like Eli is he is really whatever. mad or is he radio mad? Like, I'm just, I would I'm... not come on, not because I'm mad, but just because I'm busy. I mean, it, this is this is his Super Bowl. His this this is the this is the when the ATM machine um, hopefully receives a lot of deposits because this is what he spends all year working towards and tries to find edges and margins and things like that. That's what they all do. And when you've hit a, when you've hit about 53% plus of your bets, you've made money, and this is a chance to, if college basketball is your thing, the way it really is with Eli, though he knows other sports, this is this is it. Yeah, no, you're right. And sometimes, I have found this with myself, if I'm mad at somebody or irritated with somebody, yeah, I don't want to hear from them. Sometimes you just need time to be mad at them and let it run its course, and then you're right. cool. You know what I mean? Like, don't be bugging me. Don't be asking me if you're mad. Are you mad? No, no, just just let me be mad for a while, and then we'll be done with it. So maybe I should take my own advice and just, just leave him alone, and he'll come back around at some point in time. Okay. All right. Well, we're here. We're here. The Eli hotline is open. Good. Should he, should he want to actually talk? 
college basketball. It'd be good. To, I'd love to know what he has to say about Illinois Loyola. I hear they're playing. Yeah. Is that Actually, true? Is it, are they playing? Are they... they are playing, and I oh. would, too. We would ask them all college basketball questions. All right. Well, that, that potentially for next hour. Also next hour, we're going to do what are you doing, Wagner? We have some wonderful items for that. Um, we also We also had a perfectly representational example of Saturday suckage last week. And it wasn't having less on, but it was related to having the grobber on. And so we we, <laughs> we talked about the Lee Ilya rant because the Cubs were going to have a 20, 80, 20 percent of the people in, 80 percent of the seats open, which sound like the <clears throat> the Lee Ilya part of the rant of 85 percent of the people work in this city. The other 15 da- come down to boo us. So I thought they should call it the Lee Elia thing. We had Leah, uh, we had Les on to talk about Lee Elia and the whole story behind it because he was the only one who walked off with the tape. And then we never played the full Lee Elia rant, <laughs> which just is it sucks. So we're gonna make up for it in the next hour. We will play By the, the way, Lee Elia rant. Have you does Kenny Lofton Jr. Does that mean anything to you? It means um, he's the son of. Kenny Lofton, the the White Sox legend. Oh my God, he plays basketball. Well, so did Kenny and, Lofton Senior. Well, no, but but you got to see this guy. I'll I'll retweet. I will send it out. Like I'm looking at okay. uh, my guy. Um, but he we should have discussed. Let's just put it this way: we should have talked to Rick Camp about him. Okay. All right. Well, I know that. Kenny Lofton. Steve Kerr one time told me something. I wrote in the paper about Kenny Lofton, you know, being a far better baseball player than basketball player, and Kenny Lofton didn't like it. And Steve Kerr said Kenny Lofton came back out and got mad about something. I was like, how do you be mad at Opie? How can you be mad at Opie Taylor of the NBA? <laughs> Anyways, we'll do all that crap next hour. Saturday suckage, of course. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.